Hi everyone, this is the equestrian experience from WeHorse, the online riding academy. My name is Christian Grober and today I'm pleased to welcome one of the great masters of classical dressage from Europe, a man that has been part of the French military riding academy as écuyer of the world famous Cadre Noir of Saumur. He then formed his own school of riding, the school of lightness in French, the École de Légèreté. It is Philip Karl, and we're going to talk about the importance of riding horses correctly and how his approach, his view on things may help every rider regardless of the discipline. Let's go. I'm very happy to have one of our most renowned WeHorse trainers in our podcast today and uh, we very much looked forward having him. Welcome and bienvenue, Monsieur Philippe Karl. Thank you very much. Everyone knows um, the School of Légèreté. Everyone knows your philosophy of riding and uh, the style of schooling. For everyone that doesn't know yet, what is the School of Légèreté? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a broad question to, to start. Yeah, <laughs> a broad question. Um, I would say that um, already when I started riding, uh, being 20, uh, and Im immediately in totally passionate, and even after that deciding to stop um, medicine studies to do that as a profession, which was totally crazy. Um, I wanted, maybe because I started being a bit an adult already, and as a personal decision, uh, not by a family tradition or good. Um, I had some, I was quite um, um, demanding already. And um, for instance, I had big difficulties to um, follow lessons and do what the teachers were saying if I had no explanation, if I could not understand why, what, what is the suppose, wh why it works, why it doesn't work. So I was the perfect difficult student for that. And I was insisting, uh, and as often I had no, no sufficient answer or long sentences with no clear sense, which is a specialty in writing. Eh? Mm. Long sentences and with complexity, yeah, which do, which doesn't say anything that clear. Um, and as as I had um, a bit uh, um, a scientific tendency, I was looking for explanations. I mean, in I mean, a bit anatomy, a bit physiology, a bit this and that. Huh? And because also you've also been a medicine student, yeah, back then. and also reading masters more than uh, the result of the last competition. So, with and and watching uh, experienced people, and, uh, riders, trainers, people like that, and uh, especially Oliveira in that time, um, I I came to the idea that there are much better solutions than what we are doing, and I found um, I found some of these ideas in many books already. In uh, and and uh, especially in uh, the General Lot, in Boche, in people like that. Mm. And um, I was very logically attr attracted by solutions which exclude constraining instruments, power, sweating, because when you exclude this and you and it works you are necessarily finding a better solution. There is no long discussion. Huh? Uh, if, you, if you eliminate um, these solutions, you, and it works, again, huh? it's because you understand better what the horse needs. Uh, mentally, physically, in terms of balance, whatever you want. Mm. Huh? And it has always been my uh, way to select what I keep in mind, what I eliminate, and and naturally i was doing big mistakes as anybody in in learning mm. but i was constantly trying to use less uh, special beats less and not at all uh, uh, working reins and no power finding and and solutions we could explain i mean it works because 
Mm. And it works on this type of horse, not on this one, because. And as long as I, di I, I had not an explanation, even on the exceptions, which are supposed to confirm the rule, I was not satisfied. And you do that 50 years, mm. training any kind of horse, this is the other thing. I never had the opportunity to ride fantastic horses. This one is not good enough, it doesn't work, another one. I was forced to use the horses I had. Uh, and sometimes complicated one, um, um, spoiled, damaged, uh, difficult, whatever you want, and sometimes good one. Mm. Uh, and um, it, it makes an amount of experiences which progressively create something uh, quite steady mm -hmm. and strong and consistent. And I, I, I could say that I was daily trying to make the, the, the pyramid higher and more mm -hmm. steady and stronger and uh, so, so much. And, and naturally, with this, with this tendency and, and trying to, to get clear ideas and the possibility to explain how it works and why and this and that, and, and having, having rules out of it, mm -hmm it became for me a pleasure to explain and to teach. Mm -hmm. Because, w in fact, the reason why there are so, f so few uh, good teachers and uh, a lot uh, qu very quickly shouting because not accepting the question because they don't have clear answers, it's, it's this. I mean, you know, um, when, when you can explain why it works, why it doesn't work, what is the plan, what we do next time, and, and, and do it yourself, show how it works, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to teach. That's true. And it's even a pleasure to find solutions on difficult horses. Huh? Yeah, and, and, and then you are able to find solutions. And then you go on improving what you are doing constantly. Yeah. The practice makes the, the theory more clear. Mm -hmm. The theory is confirmed by the practice or not. And it is a snowball which becomes uh, mm -hmm. very big. Bigger and bigger. Yeah. Only a couple of days left until the great and amazing We Horse Online Festival for trainers like world champion Ingrid Klimke, equine therapist and founder of the Masterson Method, Jim Masterson, classical dressage trainer Anja Baron from Germany, horsemanship and dressage expert Karen Roth, all of them in amazing sessions presentations and live Q&A's, something for everyone. It is fully digital. You only need a device, internet connection and one of the limited seats. Get yours now on wehorse.com slash festival-us. It is wehorse.com slash festival-us Sunday, September 12th, 10 a.m. Eastern, Wehorse Online Festival. How did you initially come in touch with horses? What, what's your personal background? How did you grow up? Um, uh, my father was riding well, um, a, a bit when he was an officer during the, during the war, the beginning of the war. You're originally from France, so he was in yeah, the yeah. French army yes. during World War II. Yes, at the beginning, because it has been short, as you know. And, uh, but he didn't go on riding afterwards. And... I mean, you know, in the in the fifties, uh, everybody was not riding uh, as nowadays, and it was not in the plan. There was not the money to do it, and it, there was no question. But um, um, I had an uncle who was a rider. Mm. I didn't see him riding because he was in North Africa, but I I heard him during all holidays talking about that and. And I was very attracted by any horse I could cross uh, anywhere. Could. And, and so when it was time to decide for a profession, and I could do medicine, I could do this, I could do that, I was interested in, in, in classical studies. I mean, the possibilities were very, very open. And this was the problem. I could decide for many things. And it's, maybe it's my temperament. I wanted to do something uh, I'm passionate passionate with. Mm. I didn't want to have just a good profession earning money, and uh, which is also good. Huh? But uh, And afterward, the challenge is to do this profession, still using his, uh, one's brain. Mm. Huh? And um, because it's, it's, it's very easy when, when, when people have to earn their life with this profession to start being rough uh, and, and uh, 
I, I understand because it's an incredibly difficult profession, and afterward, the, the necessity to properly earn your life, exactly, which is also something uh, not not easy. At least to make some money, right? Not, not enough, uh, just enough, enough to for uh, survival. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then I've been a bit lucky because uh, my first job was quite interesting. It was for a for the the minister of agriculture so you for, but first you studied medicine for five one years year no no one oh, only one, one year and one then year you skipped. Only. yes and um then then i i did the selection to enter a school um, with three year studies yeah. on um, breeding any kind of breeding mm -hmm. including horses and including the 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 teacher exam at the end. Mm. I did that three years, and afterward, I had uh, I was in charge of the um, uh, uh, riding department on in a in a national school in Sumur. No, 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 in uh, Rambouillet. Ah, okay. Uh, in the school where I was when I was mm. a student, and I was there seven years. Afterward, I've been independent and uh, difficult. And I was, I was training uh, an Anglo-Arabian, a stallion, who was a guy refusing to go forward from a student of mine, mm. but refusing to go seriously. Huh? And um, I was competing, jumping a bit with him, and and pushing his education quite far because he was in Piaf and things like that, the Spanish walk and things like that. Mm. There are photos of him in my, in one of my books. And I was offered a 10 pages article in a magazine, an interesting magazine mm. on that time. And I was exp explaining what I was thinking, that why, with many photos of this horse and explanations, why people are specialized dressage, others jumping. Though mm. that, though why are they not general horse riders, correct? Yeah. yeah, and especially when the official speech is with the classical riding, uh -huh. you can do everything. Yeah. But I had on the same horse, and this is what I was doing with that one. And I was trying to explain that. How is it possible to um, practice jumping a nice way um, using the best of the French tradition riding mm. already? Huh? In, uh, in this in your mind already yeah this this was this was in the in the end seventies early eighties so I did this article and with photos of the horse from uh, double launch to to piaf and Spanish walk and jumping mm. and uh, I got a phone call hello uh, colonel Durand l'appareil écuyer chef du cadre noir J'ai lu votre article, je le trouve très intéressant. Qu'est-ce que vous faites, où vous êtes, etc. etc. Oh, who are you? Mm. I, I was first thinking uh, somebody is uh, teasing me. Mm. But uh, no, <laughs> it was the reality. And I was invited to go to Saumur for some days, uh, teaching there. And at the end, uh, he offered me to, to enter the school. Mm -hmm. For everyone that doesn't know, Saumur and the Cadre Noir yeah. is kind of like a national monument in France. Mm -hmm. And kind of like the gatekeeper of the French riding philosophy. It's supposed to, but yeah. it's not. I'm sorry, maybe yeah. we will talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's another problem. But, but then you've been for, I believe, 13, 13 years. 13 years. And in, uh, in that time, it was still interesting i would say and uh, since that time it has been as as most of the of the so-called classical institutions declining a lot due to the uh, dressage competition influence mm. i mean and i saw all this development huh? mm. I, i started riding in uh, 67 the riding was not uh, it was not art everywhere but there were most of the time there were rules that were respected mm. and progressively the the riding developed a totally unexpected way uh, more and more people riding more and more professionals 
more and more competition, more and more uh, sponsors, more and more money, and the same problem in riding than in any other sport. Mm. Um, then came the, the incredible development of the dressage competition, and then came the overflex horses, the whole cure, hyperflexion, and 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 and. It, and this is things we we didn't we didn't exist in the past. I mean, I remember uh, um, uh, passing the ex the teacher exam. I mean, if your horse had the nose a little bit behind the vertical one second, mm. uh, because it can always happen, but a bit more than that, you were out simply. Huh? And it was it was absolutely no question to have tight nose bend and special one to 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 clench uh, completely and things like that. I mean, to use the uh, side range or things like that was also uh, uh, something um, not, accept not accepted. Mm -hmm. And all that things are completely normal now. Mm. You look even strange if you don't do it. What, what would you say, what are the reasons why you see those developments? What, what are the reasons that the rules of classical L dressage are Less no culture, more, more business quickly make money so you would say it's the business aspect that business aspect and less culture mm. huh? i mean is uh, also less tradition no but when people when there is less riding culture mm. people forget the tradition that don't even know that they exist they are existing mm. uh, i mean uh, if i when i'm for instance talking with a french teacher uh, i was in 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 Saumur, And it's, um, many of them, they are the really, they were not interested at all in the in the in in the culture they should mm. know and defend and practice. Mm. Huh? And um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's like that nowadays. You know, things have to have to go fast, make money quickly. Um, And I I saw, for instance, the content of the of the teacher's exam in 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 France becoming easier and easier and easier, and the level declining a lot. Mm. In the last 30 years, it's obvious. Mm. But you've been for 13 years uh, écuyer mm -hmm. at uh, the Cadre Noir from 85 to 98. Mm. Back then, how would you describe the role of the Cadre Noir back then for the classical French style of writing? It's complicated to explain. <laughs> it, it, at least we give it a try. Yeah. Um, to have a more complete answer, you could read the, the, the text I was um, writing and putting on my, fa on my uh, internet. Yeah. In, I think it's in German too. Yeah. Um, I, I was reading, uh, writing a text uh, with the agreement and the control of General Durand, yeah. the one I was talking. Yeah. He, he, he was in charge. He, he was in the Ministry of Agriculture, I reckon. He, he was first international jumping rider mm. in the in the, the French team, successful, excellent. Then he has been the Cuyen chef. Then he has been the director. Mm. And I was keeping very close to him, and he died two years ago. And uh, you, you maybe you heard of this uh, um, um, acknowledgement of the French uh, r traditional writing for the French writing mm. in the UNESCO. Mm, yeah, good. It's it's historical heritage uh, in yeah. the UNESCO. The problem is, yeah. are we showing the heritage? Mm. Because to convince U the UNESCO to protect something is not that difficult. Mm. Huh? If they are not uh, riders and they don't have a long, deep riding yeah. culture, you can you can yeah. you can teach them whatever, mm. tell them whatever you want. And my question was, uh, and I am explaining that in this article, is is there a necessity to talk about French riding? This is mm. the first question. Does it make sense? Does it mean something? It means something if we find in the whole writing, French writing culture elements 
that are specific mm. that you don't find in other traditions and that justify to talk about a French philosophy of schooling the horses. Otherwise, stop it. it we don't need all, all this complicated story. So, and then I, I was listing all these elements because they are. Huh? Mm. Uh, I give you some examples like that. The hands, the seat, the legs. Or any other instrument, so side reins, schlafzugel, uh, uh, whatever mm. you want, absolutely refused. Forbidden. It starts with, with La Guerriniere. Mm. It goes on with Bauchet. And it goes on with General Lot. Mm. This is something to notice. Yeah. No? It's something clear on several centuries. Yeah. Huh? And you don't find anywhere else. Nobody talks about. That's strange. Mm. Huh? And, and why it's like that? Because there, there is this, this idea that a fundamental part of the education of the horse is teaching them the hand. Mm. Instead of looking for an instrument to prevent the horse from doing something you don't want, you teach him to do what you want mm. with an education to this. Mm. So using the hand to teach uh, different, different signals to give different uh, uh, reactions, organizing them together mm. according to the horse's level and so on. It's something complex, but fantastic, incredibly effective mm. with the satisfaction not to constrain the animal. Mm. Good. This is typical. I don't say that you cannot find some ideas a bit like that in a, uh, other traditions, but this is fundamental and typical of this philosophy. Mm. You find it a little bit already in La Guerriniere. Huh? For instance, you don't find the idea that the hands have to keep down all the time. Mm. They're not su to, to supposed to prolong and repeat the effect of the side reins. They are to be used in a more and more discreet way because the horse knows, mm. but they are supposed to have a conversation with the horse. Good. They don't talk about that in the UNESCO story. Not at all. Huh? And I could go on the list like that. And so I was listing all that things. There are many others, such as, for instance, um, um, the hands without the legs, the legs without the hands. It's, it's, it's clear, and especially with, um, with, uh, on the light of other disciplines, that when you teach the hand, mm -hmm. you cannot spoil the message by using your legs at once. Mm -hmm. If you want to measure and judge the reaction to one signal of the hands or of the legs, you should not spoil it by a contradiction. Mm -hmm. huh? It's very demanding to the rider, this. Good. And then progressively, you can do combinations. But, and all these ideas uh, really uh, um, uh, make a philosophy. Mm -hmm. Good. And then the French riding, one of the first high-ranking um, uh, representing this is supposed to be the Cadre Noir. And if you go there nowadays, I suggest that you do, mm -hmm. you will see nose band like that, overflex horses, uh, and anything of this kind. They don't practice the flexions, they don't teach the flexions. Already I saw it when I was mm -hmm. there. Uh, the, the people, who, teachers, who spend one year to come on the second level uh, of, uh, as, a, as teachers, they leave the school, they don't know what is a flexion. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean? Uh, um, to protect the French tradition represented by the Cadre Noir. It's an imposture at the end. Huh? So naturally, uh, you are very disturbing when you explain things like that. But that's the truth. Mm. Because for the big public, it's an imposture to make them thinking that yeah, they find their uh, philosophy, a tradition, and then it makes sense that the UNESCO is defending and protecting it. I mean, uh, there are other causes to defend in the, in the world. Mm. Do you have, on the other hand, people that inspire you where, you, where you have the feeling they have a philosophy, they have a way of writing where you also get inspiration and uh, look into it? 
yeah, I have been very inspired by uh, the, the, the school of Oliveira. Mm -hmm. uh, Manuel well, Jorge de Oliveira from um, Portugal Nuno was Oliveira, very yes. uh, influential. I, I, and uh, when I started already in the, in the late 60s, Uh, and he and he was not fashion. He was not a fashion in that time. I tell you, mm. not at all. Nowadays, yes, but in that time, it, um, I was even in in trouble with some authorities because I was interested in him. Um, but I I've been inspired too by excellent jumping riders mm. and, but and you know, I was naturally attracted by. Uh, interested by all the riders who had much more experience than I mm. and it was not difficult in that time but at once I had a critical eye I mean, I say, mm, okay but is it necessary uh, with such a talent uh, to ride with a martingale on a pelam and mm. uh, <laughs> you know mm. and it, could it be that there are better solutions huh? and uh, Uh, there are there are people I especially appreciate, such as uh, Michel Robert and people like that. And, uh, uh, French show jumper, probably yeah. the most renowned. And others, to others too. Um, frequently, I was uh, I was um, um, admiring people while competing, and I was sometimes uh, disappointed when I saw them training, because uh, when you go backstage. Um, And you see the daily organization. Uh, sometimes it's not that nice. Mm. You developed your philosophy with um, the school of liberté that happened after your um, your period at the Cadre Noir. Mm. Now you you command a huge number of people with Appel, your, your organization behind it. What is Appel? It's an association we created in order to support the school, mm. in order to um, get members, uh, get money in order to participate to events such as Equitana and Sanferd and other things like that. Mm. And, and you also train people to become instructors and trainers yes. with, mm. uh, with Légerté. This we started in 2004. Mm. Um, because there, there was a high demand, more and more interested people. And so finally, I started uh, teacher's courses, mm. the first one in Germany. Yeah, in Germany, the community is very huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the first one. Yeah. Because I started there, um, and the interest was incredible. And uh, yeah, the idea was to uh, select interested people who were already teaching, Sometimes amateurish, but uh, teaching. Uh, sometimes uh, profession, really professionally, and um, pe people were looking for something else, mm. uh, and wanted to uh, to know more, to understand better, uh, to teach more, to train better the horses. Good, and I started these courses. Mm. There have been several in, in Germany, then others in uh, Switzerland, in Italy. Uh, in England, there are some in US, in Australia, and so on. If you would compare the the légèreté, your philosophy with, for instance, the classical German way of riding, how would you compare them? F first of all, I think there is the same difference be now between the the best of the French riding, let's say, 50 years ago and more, and what you see today, and the German riding you could see 50 years ago and more, and what you see today and nowadays. There is the same evolution. Mm. So the, the same process, you mean, is yeah. happening in, in Germany yeah. as well? I was traveling enough mm. all around the planet when people ride in a rectangular with letters around. Mm. The, the nose is touching the chest. It's incredible. Incredible, and it's it's damaging. Incredible amount of horses. Mm -hmm. it, without that, we could just say, "Wow, well, it's a fashion. Doesn't matter." But it's it's really something really bad. And and it, it's disturbing. That's at least my feeling. Also, people that are not so familiar with horses that come into our horse world for maybe the first time. They see this. They may be at a horse show, and and they are really distracted by that 
because yeah. it's not for the welfare of the horse. Yeah. So uh, and and you you are now in in this situation that it's mainly people who are not in the 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 riding scene who are still sensitive sensible to that mm. when people who are in they don't even see it anymore so it's terrible to understand that the more you are in this profession the more you are you are complete you lose a comp completely your sensibility toward the horses mm. and this is uh, as is something i cannot accept mm. uh, but i don't want to avoid your question Exactly, the, the comparison between Germany yeah, yeah, yeah. and France. I, I, I'm, I can be diplomatic, but I'm not a politician. <laughs> uh, there were thing, things in common, huh? such as overflexion was no way. Huh? Good. And uh, if you compare, for instance, photos of, uh, let's say, Podashsky, mm. huh? and what you see nowadays in Wien, the same, you're horrified. Uh. Huh? And um, so the, what was very diff different in the philosophy is um, there's in, in the, let's, so, let's say, German writing, German tradition, there is, there is a well-established system. Huh? Everybody applies. A set of rules, so yeah. to say. Good. Education at the launch. With side reins. So already, education at the launch without side reins. Mm. This is a, a difference. Huh? Because uh, naturally, you can, you can educate a young horse at the launch with the side reins very carefully, very progressive, very paying attention to this and that. Huh? Nevertheless, there is something to force the position mm. soon or later. And it's better not to do. Uh, and there are possibilities to to bring a horse to a nice neck extension without anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then it has more sense because you obtain it, it you understand? Mm -hmm. Instead of forcing it even a gentle forcing way. It, yeah. huh? Good. This is a difference. And uh, afterwards, um, there is this idea that then I don't have the, the German word, l'appui. Yeah, the horses have to be first on the hand. Yeah. Huh? Mm. And you find that, for instance, in Steinbrecht, mm. he's explaining, I was reading it several times in French and seriously, uh, and others too, um, the horse can becomes light, I mean, mm. in doing that, mm. At the, the, the end, the, the mouth action. Yeah, at the end of his education, when he's collected on a high level, huh? good. So this means already that it's not so many horses we are light in their life mm -hmm. because there are not many coming on that level. Huh? And what? But it's it's true that when a horse is properly collected, one of the consequences is his tendency to do that. Mm -hmm. But what discovered Boshe, which is genius is that you can turn the proposition turn it around. upside down. Mm -hmm. Teach the horse to give his mouth from the very beginning for the simple reason that in any country, any system on this planet, between your hands and at the end of the reins is the mouth, is yeah. not the pole. So yeah. what you have to make saying yes, it's the mouth, it's yes. not the pole. Good, you know, it looks stupid to say that. But it's obvious. So he, 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 he found that if you educate the horse by his mouth first, yeah, you can also do mistakes. Mm -hmm. There is no system without me, with total guarantee. But you educate the horse by his mouth. So it means already putting the hands down and forcing like that or starting with the side reins is absolutely no question. The, uh, the horse has to be relatively free and you teach him to give his mouth. There are different procedures, good. Mm -hmm. When he gives his mouth, he's, he's relaxing. Huh? When, when you tighten the reins on the horse and, and you feel that, it's not the same. Mm. It's very, very different. Huh? Good. And with that, you can ask for many uh, uh, quite um, pronounced positions, which are a gymnastic of the neck, huh? extremely bent. This is naturally provoking the extension. 
when a horse is well doing that already at the walk and at the trot, uh, it becomes very easy to flex the pole, mm -hmm. but the flexion of the pole is last in the series, not first due to mm -hmm. the side reins. It's last, but it can be last after the five weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be last after, after six months. Depends the development. So the mouse, the neck, the pole. Right the opposite of the, let's say, more conventional or German uh, style. First the pole. Mm -hmm. Then, quite a tight nose bend or calfson in order to avoid mm. uh, the um, the unexpected reactions of the horse uh, doing that or pulling the tongue or things like that. So once again, it can be done progressively and gently and nicely, but it's not the same approach. Mm. And I definitely prefer the other one because. Um, with some experience, you, you can see what, how, you, how quickly uh, horses change with that. When they realize that you will not force any position, that they, they come to it... Huh? In a natural way, more natural way. More natural way. Now, uh, angels don't exist. On, huh? it, this, this education enables you, when it's necessary, to say, hey, stop, mm. listen to me. But as daddy is doing with his children, even the best one you can imagine. Uh, so because there is sometimes this idea that it's uh, just uh, a, a dream from the beginning yeah. to the end and, and, and obedience without authority, this yeah. doesn't exist. So you, know? so you need authority and, and you also to, to uh, persist difficult situations and there will be, as you say, always with horses, difficult situations where, yes, where yes. Th there needs to be... When, but when it's uh, based on uh, uh, the development of a high knowledge and a full confidence uh, during the whole education, it's, it's quite easy. When, when the training of the horse is based, too often based, on constraining instruments, for instance, the side reins are not effective enough, shorten them. Don't tell me you never saw that. Mm. Huh? And then, like that. Mm. The special nose bend to tighten more, everybody's using in dressage. The speciality of educating horses. Mm. Huh? Um, and then uh, the curb chain more. Mm. On the, uh, and then a more uh, the sharp, bridle, yeah. sharp beat, and mm. that's not the same. Mm. There is a, there, then there is a, a risk when there are difficulties that it, that it really turns bad. Because when people have high expectations, they want to succeed, and there are difficulties, if they don't have um, nice solutions, but which need knowledge and a bit time, then then you and I and anybody, expectation, not the good solution, you become rough. Mm -hmm. There is no other solution. Either you give up or you become rough. I don't know other alternative. Mm -hmm. One uh, horse that is very special to you and is uh, probably the, the landmark horse for you um, when it comes to schooling and education is High Noon. Mm -hmm. Many WeHorse fans know High Noon, all the fans of you, of course. What does High Noon, the Hanoverian horse, mean to you? Uh, a lot. <laughs> it is not the only one. There has been uh, Odin, because he was a stallion, the first Lusitano uh, coming in the school. Uh. Huh? And uh, he has been incredibly successful, s 13 years long. And uh, um, the first time I came in Germany, it was to show in Ekitana with him. The Cardinal was invited. We were four riders, mm -hmm. and I was showing him here. Oh, really? In in the big arena. In '87. Yes. '87. So it's 30 years ago. Uh -huh. And uh, I would appreciate to show Ainun in the correct conditions to finish the story. Mm -hmm. I, I I had others also, but. Um, uh, was, were also showing, but less known because um, Odin has came on a special period. I came with him at the school and he was very young and I, I had to impose him in the school because they didn't, uh, and nobody were accepting a Lusitano there. I mean, because only French horses were. Oh, yes, in, there in was the an incredible Noir. opposition. Uh. And the Colonel Durand has been incredibly helpful. 
mm -hmm. uh, because he was open-minded, you know, he was coming from jumping. Uh, he was open to any solution if it were good, and he was clever aside that. And uh, and Ainun is, is special, why? Because, I mean, he's, the f he's my first German horse. Mm -hmm. He's Hanover, uh, he has, he's Hanoverian, Hanoveraner, but he has a lot of trackener. He's, uh, he has a lot of blood, he's a very elegant horse. And I, I got him in special conditions too. I was meeting Mr. Ample yesterday. He was who, very who's, who's Mr. Ample. He, he used yeah. to be in charge of the Hanoverian yes, Federation. We are we were managing this story yeah. uh, together and with Mr. Shad, yeah. okay, uh, also. And um, I was I co contacted them in 2007 or eight saying um, I plan to do DVDs with uh, Ferdia mm -hmm. and I would like this time to do it with a German horse because I was doing with Lusitanos and mm -hmm. others and good. No, he was not my first German horse. I said something wrong. I had another one before. Sampaio, yes. And But this one, and so uh, I said... I would like to f to find one, but I don't want to pull an put an incredible money, so I would li would like something reasonable. Mm. Mm. Good. So you went to them and say, "What do you got? What could you find for me?" Mm. And after uh, one year, in two thousand uh, two thousand nine, end of two thousand nine, when when we were going with the school, we were going showing in Verden. They told me ah, the, the center of the yes, yes with the school, mm. and they said, "Ah, we have one to show you. Um, is out of the competition circuit because uh, uh, at the beginning of his uh, being four, he has been injured. He had a severe uh, suspensory problem, so it's one year. He's at the, on the pasture. Um, we think he could." Uh, it could fit to you, because I was telling them I like horses. Uh, I mean, I like also sourbread and horses like that. So they <laughs> no, good. And they were they were showing me that one. So long fair, uh, long feet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was not in his best suit, <laughs> but um, yeah, they let's not see. love at first sight. No, but there there were things I I liked anyway, and. They have been very ni very nice. Things have been very clear with them. They offered me to take the horse for one year to try him because he was a special case. Um, I came to know afterward that he, in Verden he was considered as a diffi difficult one. Mm. And I understand why a bit. And so they took an insurance. The horse came home. And I started the training. And after some months when when the vet specialized in dentistry came from Germany, somebody we knew, knew Mrs. I have to remember her name. Ah, doesn't matter. Mm. She found that he had two broken uh, molars. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, one side was pulled off, the other side also, but with roots still in. Mm. Good. So we... He came to Germany for six weeks, two operations, very expensive. So I had to talk with <laughs> the Hanoveraner Verband again. Uh -huh. Listen. Um, there is an issue. Yeah, and uh, uh, I was already very connected to the horse. I said, um, I, do the, I, d I take the, the risk of the operation. Mm. It's no choice anyway. I pay the operation, but you lower a bit the price, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They said yes, okay. <laughs> so I got him for a very, very reasonable money. And we started the DVDs. And uh, I was naturally sending them. And it seemed they liked very much. And, you know, I'm 72. Uh, it's probably my last horse. I don't think I'm going to buy uh, three others. And so. Um, 
here, here at Equitana, I'm always, because here we're speaking at Equitana with this podcast today, um, I'm always um, every day talking to Linda Tellington-Jones and she always tries to explain me her 15-year plan. Mm -hmm. She's 82, so yeah, yeah. You, you still yes. have a couple of years to go, Philippe. Yes, I know. But um, I'm more on horseback than she is. Mm -hmm. huh? And I admire her. This is not the, the thing. But I, it's not my plan to go on riding as long as possible if it's to become ridiculous. I mm -hmm. don't want. I don't want. As long as I, I can maintain the things on sat a satisfying level for me, okay, otherwise I'll stop. Mm. Does the breed matter to you? Because you, you had a Lusitano back then in your time in Sumur, and now a Hanoverian. Is, is the breed of matter to you, or, or is that no effect to having a good horse? No. I, I've, been, I've been especially interested in the Lusitanos, Uh, due to Oliveira and all that period. But in the same time, I was riding any kind of horse in three days event, in jumping. So I was looking strange to, the, to both of the sides, <laughs> you know. <laughs> for, the, for the Baroque scene, yeah. I would say, Portuguese, uh, Oliveris, and I was a strange guy uh, uh, jumping like a crazy. Mm. Uh, and for the, the sportive people, I was a circus guy because I was interested in Spanish folk, Piaf and Passage and Lusitanos. It has always been like that, uh. and so no, I, I, I have been uh, I have been schooling uh, uh, Anglo-Arabian, uh, uh, sourbreds, any kind. No, Celle français. Yes, but you know, <laughs> I think one of the proof that the method is good is that you can adapt it to any kind of horse. It's again, it's it's also interesting. To, to be extremely specialized in one discipline and one type of horse, to me, is, is reductive. It's, it's, mm. it's something risky. I understand that some people do it, but I don't want. For instance, um, yeah, side reins, it can work with lipids and others and with a baroque horse who already have a neck like that. Mm. Try with a sourbread. We will break yeah, everything. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So it's better to find better solutions yeah. for both. Because you can use the same solution for both. You will, uh, um, the progression will look a bit different. For instance, with a baroque horse, one fundamental first uh, uh, aim will be to extend their neck, what generally baroque people don't do. Because they need to stretch this bull neck like that mm -hmm. and have more forward gates. Uh, the sorebread could be, for him it will be very natural and easy to belong. He will very soon have to learn to come to, to a self-carriage. So, but and and in both situations, a clever way to use the hands and and different attitudes to create this or that is a necessity. Mm. Philippe, at the end of every WeHorse podcast, we have the four classical WeHorse questions, <laughs> and I would like you to answer the first question now. And the question is: Do you have a motto? What is motto? <laughs> oh, <laughs> motorcycle c c counter counter question. No, a, a, a motto, a philosophy after which you live. What's your motto? In my life, per exactly. <laughs> I should think about that before the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you, what you what you are expecting is one of these brilliant sentences. Uh, uh, Saying a philosophy? I, I don't expect anything. I, <laughs> I, I, I just w want to know if you do have a motto. Not specially. Not specially. Uh, in, in my profession, and so probably in uh, uh, my life, because uh, bo both things uh, work together, uh, I don't know, I, I'm often repeating in... Uh, to the students, for instance, uh, to the they are teachers. I mean, do what you say and say what you do. Mm. And, uh, you like it? That's a good motto. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe another one? <laughs> uh, that we, we already found one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Then question number two is, is there a person that inspired you, that influenced you personally the most? In writing? And maybe in your personal life. 
In riding, there has been uh, Oliveira and the Colonel Durand. Uh, Oliveira, because in that time, the, I mean, he was the only, this is what has made him special. He has been the only alternative to the sad dressage of the, the time and showing that uh, schooling the horses can be an art somewhere. Mm. And this was pff, a, a light in the night. Because I think I was even writing that in a, in a book where I was invited to write about him. Mm. Uh, I think probably without his uh, example, I would have stopped this profession quite mm. quick. I had the feeling to be in something uh, mechanical and and pff, uh, a bit sad, yes. Mm. And General uh, General Durand because. He was a fantastic uh, jumping rider and incredibly classical, and and he has been a he has been a chance for me. I mean, yeah. Thanks to him, I I came in the Cadre Noir, and then mm. I was still in contact with him afterwards, and has been important. Mm. Mm. Question number three is: If you could give equestrians and horse lovers one advice, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one. Just one. <laughs> We heard a lot of advices so far, but what's mm -hmm. the most striking one for you? There is this sentence from Vashter I like very much, but uh, um, the the in French it works because playing with the words, but I'm not sure it works in German. <laughs> Vous savez la phrase de Vashter qui dit les le, l'équitation. L'équitation se résume à deux choses, justesse et justice. Ça marche pas en allemand. Oh, otherwise, because I could express that another way. Um, more knowledge, less instruments. Yeah. More cleverness, less power. That, 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 that's a nice program. That's a very good advice. And um, then the last question is more a completion of a sentence. Please complete this sentence for me. For me, horses are. <laughs> It's, it will be, ça va être banal et affreux, mais oui. My whole life. That's excellent. That's I'm wonderful. With music and other little things like that, but they, they complete each other anyway. Mm. It was A pleasure having you, Philippe, Thank uh, you. on our podcast. Mm. And the time went by so fast. We could have spoken for another two hours, I reckon. Oh, yes. <laughs> We have all the content with you on WeHorse and uh, looking forward maybe to our next podcast. Thank you, Philippe Karl. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. This was the Equestrian Experience podcast. For more information, follow us on Instagram or visit wehorse.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts on Spotify, or actually wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend us to a friend. And uh, thanks for listening from WeHorse, the online riding academy. And tune in next time for the equestrian experience.